tonight. I am, I, I'm glad to be here tonight to worship the Lord tonight. Amen. You may be seated tonight. It is so good. I give honor to your bishop and Sister Neil today. I am so honored to be here. Thank you for allowing me and my wife to come. Amen. Anybody excited what God's going to do tonight? I'm, I'm excited about what God's going to do tonight. I'm telling you, you know, I've been looking forward to coming for the last couple of months, and I am so glad I'm here tonight because I have a word from the Lord tonight. Anybody need a word from the Lord tonight? I need a word from the Lord. You know, I've learned a long time ago, if I get a word from the Lord, everything's going to be all right. Amen. Tell your neighbor, everything's going to be all right. Come on, tell your neighbor, everything's going to be all right. Amen. Everything's going to be all right. The only thing I need is a word from the Lord. It all will be well. I've come to understand that God is on top of everything in my life. It doesn't matter where I find myself, what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what, wherever I find myself. God is on top of everything. Somebody say everything. That doesn't matter. Everything in my life. Before I ever got there, he was already there and came back. He knows. Somebody said he knows all things. He's a sovereign God. That's the thing about our Lord. He's a sovereign God. He knows all things. Nothing he don't know. Nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing. Somebody say nothing. Takes God by surprise. He's on top of everything. I keep saying that because I believe that. Do you believe that tonight? He's on top of everything. Everything. Somebody say everything. My job, my marriage, my home, everything. He's on top of everything in my life. Hallelujah. Anybody glad about it tonight? I'm glad about it tonight. You know, I've come to conclusion that I'm, I don't control anything in my life. God controls the wind and the rain and the storms. He controls all things, Zach. All things. You believe that, Zach? All things. All things. And I'm so glad that God is on top of everything in my life tonight. Amen. I give honor to Pastor Sister Neil. Sister Neil, so good to see you. These are my dearest friend. I have no other friends in the world like the Neils. And, um, you know, when you have a relationship with people, one thing I do value in life is relationships. What is life without good relationships and friends and people you love and you care? And I am so honored today. I'm counting on me and my wife was looking up very early, looking forward to coming and being here. And now we are here, travel all day to get here. And I'm glad. I feel refreshed, renewed in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, the Lord has a word tonight. Glory. You know what? And you know, here's the story. You're at the right place at the right time. I say you're in the right place at the right time. I've learned one thing about God I've learned is that you got to be on location when God shows up. Right. Amen. You can't be at the bus station when you, when you need to be at the train station. Amen. Don't miss your opportunity. Many people miss God because they're at the wrong place at the wrong time. But tonight you're at the right place at the right time. 
It's amazing how God brings things together. I believe the, the whole entire galaxy, universe, works together for the good of God. Amen. For my life and to your life. Do you really believe that? I, yes. I believe that. Yes. That everything works together for the what? The good. I believe that. That God is so sovereign that he can look beyond me and see my need, see where I'm at, and where I need to go. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, he is so great. And it's so good to see all the good faces again. And uh, it's been a long time. My wife was talking. When was the last time we was here? It's been a long time. We had the pastor and sister Neil with us about uh, last August. They came down to Atlanta. And really, we had a, we bought some property. And they helped us to commit that property to the Lord. And we were very thankful for him. And um, I know you've been praying for your pastor. Amen. Amen. You've been praying for it. We're going to continue to pray for our pastor. That God continue to do a work in his life. God is God's got it under control. I want you to understand that. He's got it under control. Amen. If he wasn't, he couldn't be God. Right, that's right. Amen. He could not be God if he doesn't have all things under control. Everything's in his hands. This is where we learn to trust the Lord in all things. You know, it seems like, you know, sometimes it seems like when it rains, it pours. It does. You know, and this church has been through a very challenging time, and of course, losing your church there in, in Fort McMurray. And, you know, but I'm telling you, even in the ashes, God is in the ashes. I want you to know that. He's in the ashes. And when we, what looks like a curse could be a blessing in disguise. Do you hear me? What looked like a curse could be a blessing in disguise. You know, one man told me opportunity comes in work clothes, and it does. Opportunity comes in work clothes. An opportunity never looks like an opportunity. Always understand that principle. There's something behind the scenes. Sometimes we have to work for what we get. You know, sometimes we just got to labor for what we need. And uh, I believe that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. I do believe that. If we've been sowing good seed, and you have been sowing good seed, look for a harvest. Let's lift our hands and worship God. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for the supernatural. God, release the gifts of the Spirit, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and prophecy. Let it flow with God tonight. Let it be an anointing. God, speak to every heart, every mind, every spirit. God, let the spirit of encouragement and faith be right. Rise in this house in the name of Jesus God right now. I come against discouragement and defeat right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speak the word of faith tonight, God, in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you for victory in this house. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Victory. Victory is in the house tonight. And I want you to know that tonight. It is in the house. And you're at the right place at the right time. And I know many of you have come from different areas, especially from Fort McMurray. And, uh, but I want you to know, God is in the ashes. Yes, he is. God is in the ashes. Amen. We will build again. We will build again. But here's the story. Bigger and better. Bigger and better. You know, I said it earlier, you know, what looks like a curse could be a blessing in disguise. You don't know. We don't know how God operates. See, God is so beyond us. 
he sees further down the road than you can ever see. And what we think is, you know, all hope is lost. And God said, I'm, I'm just beginning. I'm, God is just beginning to do money things here. And no one is here in your life. Somebody say, in my life. Somebody say, it's my time now. Somebody say, it's my time now. It's my time now. It's my time. I've decided, I'm going to declare it is my time. Somebody say, now. Now. Not tomorrow, not the next day. I'm declaring it today. Somebody say, today. I'm declaring it today. It is my time now. Many times, God is always up to something. And we don't know what it is. Sometimes, you know, sometimes God may catch us by surprise, but nothing it would take God by surprise. Amen. Amen. I just feel like, you know, letting the Lord minister tonight. If you have your Bibles, go to the word of the Lord tonight. I won't keep you long. Uh, Do we, Elizabeth Taylor did what her husband told them, told them I won't keep you long. So I will not keep you long tonight. Beautiful city. I want you to know this is a beautiful city. It really is. You didn't catch that, man. You just called that. So I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't say it. I didn't say it right. What I said was, "I'll do what Elizabeth Taylor told her husband. I will not keep you long." Okay. Okay. I, that's not Southern accent. That's what it is. Hey. <laughs> Amen. It's, this is a beautiful city. I want you to realize it's a beautiful city. It really is. And we came in from Atlanta, and um, there's some. This is a beautiful place. I want you to realize. You know, Alberta is a really a beautiful place, and uh, just so much beauty here. You know, the wilderness, and the. Um, I love coming here because it's just so peaceful. From Atlanta. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go to the Word of the Lord tonight. Go into the book of St. John's, chapter 9, if you return there tonight. Zach, good to see you. Been doing that. What up, where, where are my boys? I saw one of the boys playing the drums tonight. And I saw well, several of the kids here. It's always good. You know, God is doing something among these kids. I'm saying the hand of the Lord. God's got something special. I don't know what he has, but he got something up his sleeve tonight. And if you come with expectation in your heart, and to all our guests tonight, thank you for coming and being here tonight. I pray the word of the Lord will bless you richly tonight. And if, you're open, if you'll be open tonight to what the Holy Ghost says for you tonight, I promise you he will fill everything in your heart tonight. Reading from the book of St. John's, chapter 9, there was a man in this, in this particular chapter that was blind. And this man uh, was blind from birth, the Bible says. He was not, you know, he didn't just wake up one day and he, was, he could see all the time. And one day he just lost his sight. The Bible says he was born blind. Somebody say he was born blind. He was born blind, the Bible says. And in verses 2, the disciples asked a question. And they asked Jesus a question. And she said, and in their mind, they say, well, there's got to be a reason for this man being blind. And we want to know what the reason is. And so the first conclusion came that somebody had sinned. And, and the Bible says that his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that, this, that he was born blind? You know, they want to blame somebody 
for this man condition. Many times you can't point the finger at people. In verses 3, Jesus answers that neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that, that the work of God should be made what? Somebody say manifest. How? In him. Then he said, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And here's the, it's just an amazing thing that Jesus did. It's really kind of, you know, I don't know. He says, when he spoke, when he spake, I spat on the ground. And he made spittle, the Bible said, out of clay. And he took the spittle and he, the Bible said, he anointed the man's eyes with spittle and clay mixed together. Now that kind of gross out, you know. And Jesus took the clay, or we call it mud. Somebody say mud. He took the mud and put it on the man and anointed this man's eyes with the clay. And verse 7 says, told him to go and wash at the pool. Okay. And the man did. He went to wash at the pool and he went his way, therefore, and washed and came what? See. I want to preach to you tonight a title called Don't Let the Mud Fool You. Amen. Don't let the mud fool you. Will you put your Bibles down tonight? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Speak to your people tonight. Thank you for word in season. Lord, let us be open tonight with the Holy Spirit it has for us tonight. Speak clearly unto, to us, Lord, tonight. We thank you, Lord. We receive the word of the Lord. Speak, God, for thy servant to hear thy voice, God, tonight, God. Thank you for this word of prophecy tonight. In the, in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Will you clap your hands to the Lord tonight? Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. It is, again, it's good to be here. I really honor, give honor to Bishop uh, Neil tonight and uh, him and his wife. I am so honored to be here. There's no greater friend in my life. And the Bible talks about David and Jonathan. And the Bible says that David's heart was knitted to Jonathan and my heart is knitted to Pastor Neil. And that there's no greater friend that I have in the world. I say in the world than Pastor Neil. And, um, and so that's why I'm here today. Amen. To, to help my friend and to help this church. And I really value this church and the people in this church because I know that God's got great things in store. Somebody say, God's got great things in store. In the story of this in chapter 9, of a man who was born blind, there are some things in life that seems very unfair. There is here this man himself and found himself in a situation where he could not he could not see. He didn't lose his sight. He was born blind. He couldn't help being born blind. He never seen the sunrise. He never seen the sunset. He never seen a raindrop. Never seen a blue sky because he was born blind. He lived his entire life in darkness. Couldn't see. The only thing he knew in his life was just darkness. He lived in a, 
air of hopelessness and despair. There's something about hopelessness and despair that when it meets Jesus, that Jesus embody the promises of God, that God is more than able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above whatever we can ever act or think. This man who was born blind never seen anything. He was a man, but yet he grew up with his parents, and his parents basically had to take care of him. But his disciples saw this man who was blind, and the Bible talks about there was many people in the Bible that God healed, and he healed them. Blind Bartimaeus, God healed him. Didn't make him go down to the pool and wash, but God just began to pray for him, and he received his sight. And throughout the Bible, in the book of Exodus chapter 4, you find that Moses was talking to God, and God said, Moses, who made the lame, who made the blind to see? Who made the, the lame? And God said, I did. And God did this. And, and, and here's a story of a, a man who was born blind, who never had an opportunity to ever see. And we would say that's really unfair. You'll be traveling through the airport or traveling. You see, you see situations and circumstances in people's lives. You see children that have been born handicapped. And you want your mind wonder in your mind, God, you know, why is all of this? And sometimes we have a lot of questions in our mind. And, and that's to be so sometimes because we don't understand everything that God does. We know that God makes everything. Somebody say everything. God makes everything. And God is control control over every situation in the world. And the disciple began to ask a question about this man's life. Says, "Well, why was this man born blind? There has to be a reason why this man was born blind." And so they started trying to figure out the problem. And they asked Jesus, "Is Jesus what well, maybe the parents?" was the cause of this man's issue. Or maybe somebody did something they should have done and this man was born blind. But Jesus settled the question and said, neither did this man nor his parent sin. He said, this man was born blind so that, that God can manifest his work in this man's life. Sometimes God does things not because of us, but because of others. Many times, God begins to work in our lives, and we don't understand everything that God does. And you'll never understand everything about God and how God operates. If you do, you'll be God, but you're not. My man said, there's a God, and you're not him. Somebody say, amen. <laughs> and so, the question, why? Have you ever asked God a question? Have you ever questioned God on anything in your life? I don't know about you, but I have. I have questioned God about God. God, you know, why is this and why is that? Why I can't build here? Why I can't do this? And we always have a question of why. If you don't have a question, you're not human. There's times that we ask God, why? I've had situations in my life you know, and I'm asking God's God, why? Why is it, God? 
Why did this have to happen? Why, why is this going on? And I was trying to build a church. Never forget, I was trying to build a church. And see, all hell came against me in building a church and buying property. But I kept, I kept pressing and kept pressing. And this time, you guys got to keep pressing. You don't stop. You just keep moving down the road. See, what the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to give up. Throw in the towel. But I don't have a quitting spirit. I said, I don't have a quitting spirit. I will not quit. There's time you just got to keep moving the ball downfield. One man said, maybe you don't get the 100-yard the dash, or maybe you don't get the 50-yard sprint, but if you'll just move the ball three and a half yards every play, you'll score. And life is that way sometimes. You just got to keep moving the ball downfield until you score. Life is full of opposition. Hear me, church. Life is full of opposition in your life. Nothing comes easy. Sometimes we think things should be easy, but they're not easy. And sometimes God put us to the test. In this man's life, this man was born blind that God could manifest the glory of God in this man's life. So that tells me that God was in charge of the whole entire situation. That somehow they met this man on the, in the right place, on the right day, at the right time. They met this man. And all of a sudden, throughout this young boy, this man's life, throughout his childhood, being raised up by his parents, wondering, would I ever see the sky? Will I ever be able to see my parents? And, you know, we don't know how old this man was, but we know he was a man when he met Jesus. But somewhere down the line, God had a plan for this man's life. I come to tell you today, God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan, unique plan. That nobody else has. He has a calling in your life like nobody else. Because he's in charge of everything. Somebody say everything. He's in charge of everything in my life. This man who was blind. Jesus came and Jesus brought this man. And the Bible said he spit on the ground and made spittle. And he took clay. And he put the mud on the man. He was saying, but God, why would God put mud? Now, why couldn't God just speak the word? Why couldn't God say, all right, be healed in the name of Jesus? Why did God put mud on the man's face? And then make him go and wash. The Bible tells me that there was blind born. A man was there, and he was crying out to the Lord, son of David, son of David, son of David. And he would not be quiet. And they couldn't hold his Hold his voice down because he was the, he was going to see Jesus. You have to be determined that you will not allow the enemy to stop you from what you need in your life. Give me five people to clap your hands on that one. So this man was blind. So the Bible says, if you notice in verses five. Verses 4, Jesus says, that I must work the works of him that sent me while it was day. The night cometh when no man can work. And this in verses 5, Jesus made a statement. That was a statement he said, as long as I am in the world, I am the what? The light of the world. 
Jesus wanted to prove that he is the light of the world. This man has been in darkness all his life, and now he meets the light. Somebody said, turn the light on. Turn the light on. And Jesus comes in this man's dark time and turns the light on for him to see. What a powerful statement. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And Jesus came to speak light into darkness. One thing about light, if you don't think about light, that it doesn't matter how much darkness there is. If you take a candle and you light a candle in, in a building, I don't care how dark it is, you'll be able to see the light. Jesus is the light. And he came to speak to darkness, to flee. Darkness has to flee when you turn on the light. Somebody said, turn on the light. When you turn on the light, darkness flees. This man was in darkness. He could not see anything. He was totally blind from birth. And so Jesus come and he said, well, he, he answered the question, why? No, no one sinned, but it is for the glory of God. And then he makes that mud and put the mud. I, can you imagine someone spitting on the ground and making a, a ball of mud and saying, put it in your eyes and all right, I want you to go down to the pool and wash. Here's the story. Jesus made the man go down to the pool and wash. Here's the story. There's some things God will do, but there's some things you got to do. You can't put everything on God. You can't put everything on God. And you want God to carry the water. You want God to make the water. You want God to do everything. God will not do what you can do. See, God has never asked you to perform no miracle because you are not the miracle worker. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not the miracle worker. You're not the miracle worker. God is the miracle worker. He's the one that works the miracles. He is asking to be open and believe him for the miracle. Somebody say, I'm believing God for the miracle. I'm believing God for the miracle. Tell somebody, I'm believing God for the miracle. He's a miracle working God. Oh, come on and clap your hands. He's a miracle-working God. He is a miracle-working God. He sees all. He knows all. He's in all. He knows everything there is to know. When we think that God is not working in our life, he is working in our life even though we don't see God. We don't see God. We don't even see nothing. It, it, everything can be dead in your life, and God is moving. You don't even know he's moving. But he's moving on your behalf. Here's the story. God is always moving behind the scenes. Many times we don't see God's moving. We say, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you, God? Where are you? Where? We always ask the question, God, why, why, why? And God, where are you? God said, I'm here all the time. I haven't left. I'm still here. I'm just waiting on something to happen. I'm waiting on your faith to get to another level. I'm waiting for something to happen in your life. That's what's happening. God has never left us nor forsaken us. He is always there. He's always present in the time of trouble. You know, we've all had a sense of loss in our lives. Seriously. Job, family, death, homelessness. I mean, a lot of things. I mean, nothing hurts as worse as a sense of loss. When you lose something you love.
you know, and but you know, sometimes when when we don't, when we can't see God working, God is at work, and we have to understand that God is working many times when we don't see Him working in our life. And I tell you what, story after story, and you know what, victory is only relevant to struggle. Did you hear me? Victory is only relevant to struggle. If you really hadn't struggled for much, you don't appreciate much. Did you hear me? Victory is relevant to struggle. Those who's been through a lot, you learn to value God. You learn to appreciate God. When you've been, when you've been through the mud and you've been through the mire, you've been through, you learn to value God because God lifted you out of the muck and the mire and placed your feet on the solid rock to stay. Who has been forgiven much, love much. You see, when, when you know, when you when you been through, somebody said been through. When you've been through a lot, you value God even the more. Because you see God's God operating in your life. And you have no answers for what's going on. The only thing you can do is trust the Lord. Somebody said, trust the Lord. We learn to trust the Lord. And as he takes us through, through the valley, through the times, through the difficult times. So victory is relevant to struggle. You know, sometimes we want God, many times we pray for deliverance. And what we need is not deliverance. We need God's grace to go through it. Amen. And many times when God, when, when Israel wanted to come out of Egypt, they really could have, Jesus, God could have sent the Green Beret. He could have sent angels and delivered them out of Egypt. And they just kind of, just kind of like, you know, just delivered them. You know how they got out of Egypt? You know how they got out of Egypt? They walked out. They walked out. And there's times you got to walk out of your situation. God may not send us for a 747 to deliver you out of that situation. But he will give you the grace and the mercy to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He will give you the grace to go through whatever you're going through. I come to tell you that God's on top of everything. Somebody say everything. God's on top of everything. Everything in my life. We have to learn. See, here's the, here's the story. You know, anybody can worship God when things are going right. When you got everything's going good, everything's perfect, everything. But here's the story: we learn to serve God in the good and the bad. We learn to serve God when I'm on top and when I'm when I'm low. I don't, my my relationship with God is not predicated on how I feel, because my feelings will fool me every time. You don't live in an emotion state. We we learn to live by faith and not by what sight. People who are very emotional. They're, they're, they, they, they trend to lean on their emotions quite a bit. And, 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 and their emotion, their happiness is tied to what's happening in their life at the time. My happiness is not tied to what's happening in my life presently. Because I could be going through all hell. I could be going through a lot. But I'm going to keep my praise on. I'm going to keep my praise on. I will not lose my praise for nobody. I'm going to praise God no matter what's going on in my life. What wind, what rain, what storm. I'm going to praise God. Because I know that God is on top of everything in my life. 
Tell your neighbor, don't let the mud fool you. What looked like a curse could be a blessing in disguise. And this man had mud on his eyes. Can you imagine? You know, he's going down the street now. And Jesus, you know, Jesus could say, well, I'd be healed. No, he didn't. Jesus didn't choose that route. God doesn't choose the same route all the time. When we look for God to come through the door, he comes through the window. You, God is unpredictable. Do you hear me? God is unpredictable. You never know what God's going to do at any time. You really don't. He's always keeping us on our toes. He, he, he keeps us praying, seeking his face. But in due time, in due season, God always shows up. Somebody say he always shows up. He always shows up. Here's a story. He shows up right on time. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Right on time. He's always on time. <laughs> he, he's always on time. He's always on time. He is a miracle worker. Somebody say he's a miracle worker. God is a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. I'm not. You're not. We're just vessels. We're just vessels for God to utilize us. And whatever capacity he chooses, so be it. This man became a vessel. He was the vessel that God chose for that season, that time. And God said, all right, I'm crazy. He hears this man going down the road. And he's going to the pool. Now, remember, he can't see now. And somebody probably led him to the pool. Okay? Or maybe he had a stick and maybe he was walking down, the, down there. But he, he was going down. And can you imagine? Everybody said, why is that mud on his face? What, 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 why is that mud? And people are always picking on you and always talking about you. Why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? And that don't make no sense. I don't believe God for nothing. You know, you meet people like that. People who have no faith. People who are always talking nonsense. Hit this man going down, the, going down the street and he got mud on his face and people say, well, you're making a fool of yourself and you believe in God for this and you believe in God for this. You want your marriage to be worked out. You want your, your husband to be saved. You want, your, you want this to work out, your job situation to work out. And you're doing all this. And people don't understand. You walk by faith and not by... This man was walking down and he, he got mud on his face and he was walking and people said, what in the world's wrong with him today? What seemed to be his problem? Don't he know he got mud on his face? Don't he know he got mud on his face? But here's the story. Jesus made him go and wash. Jesus made him go and wash at the pool. That means that, you know what? Even though Jesus put the mud on his face, he had to go wash it out. There's a part that God plays, and there's a part that you play. You got to pay, pay your, pay, play your part. If you play your part and do your part, God will do the rest. See, God will do, here's the story, God will do what you cannot do. But if he actually you to go to the pool and wash, you go to the pool and wash. Remember Nathan, uh, not Nathan, um, 
uh, Naaman. Naaman was a, was a rich ruler. He was a, he was a very wealthy man and, and, and a king, and I mean a captain of a host. And, and, and he went, and you know, he had leprosy. And remember that, that story and how that he went to the prophet, and, and the prophet, you know, says, go down to the, go down to the river Jordan, dip seven times. And, and he got mad as a hornet and said, man, what, what in the world is wrong with this man? This man is beside himself. He is crazy. I got better rivers down in where I live. Why we may go to this muddy Jordan and wash at the Jordan River? See, sometimes we don't understand why God does what he does. And this man's, you know, he got, he got on his chair and said, man, I'm going home. I ain't putting up with this no nonsense. This is crazy. Them folks ain't got no sense over there. I'm getting out of here. I'm going back home. But here's the story. That young lad that was riding in the, in the chariot with his master, if, if he had asked you to do something, something crazy, something, something that amazing, you would have done it. You would have done whatever it took. And you would have done it. And that's what he said. What would it hurt? to go down to the river and wash. Wow. Here's this young lad. It's amazing how God will speak through people. Remember, even before that, a little girl who, he was sitting at the table and this little girl says, man, I wish you would go to Israel. There's a prophet in Israel who can heal you. How many know it's a prophet in the land? God is a, it's a prophet in the land. And this little maid girl says, this is a prophet. Oh, my, there's a, there's a prophet in the land. And he just, and it's amazing how that God unfolded everything in this man's life. And all of a sudden he came to the, here's the story, he came to the very end where he was almost, he almost missed his miracle. He almost walked out. He almost left. See, when, when we all, when we at the edge, sometimes we give up. We throw in the towel. And, he, and we do it at the wrong time. And here this man getting in his chariot, riding back to Syria, and, and all of a sudden his servant said, well, Master, if he told you this would be great, you would have done it. He said, what harm is it good? What harm is it to go down to the river and dip? And the man goes, all right, he probably said this man, well, you know what, maybe it does make sense. Because, you know, here's the problem. He was a very proud-hearted man. And sometimes God's got to deal with pride in us. Sometimes God's got to deal with pride in us. And something that God makes us do things, you know what? Why did God make him do what he did? And he went down, he went down, and when he went down, you know what? He, he dipped one time, two times, three times, and said, you know what? This is you no know, sin. Four times. And the guy said, hey, keep, don't stop now. Look at someone and say, don't stop now. He probably came to number four and said, and God said, what in the world? What's, it don't make no sense. And the guy said, don't stop now. He has kept at it. Number five. Number six. And he said, well, you know what? One more time ain't going to hurt. And he did. And the miracle came in the seventh time. Someone said the seventh time. Come on, lift your hand. Let's worship God for the miracle right now. Father, we thank you. God, right now, release your hand right now. I thank you for the supernatural. I thank you for the gift of the Spirit. I thank you for the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, operation right now. In the spirit realm right now, Father, I thank you. I thank you for speaking right now. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, right now. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. 
thank you for moving right now. God, you've already started moving. And God, we just thank you in advance right now for moving. We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for restoring marriages, Lord. Homes, Lord. I thank you for, for the financial blessing. I thank you for the insight, God, right now. God, for healing in this place right now in the name of Jesus, God. For rest restoration in the name of Jesus, Lord, right now. For refreshing of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. For salvation in the name of Jesus, Lord, right now. I thank you, Lord, right now. Come on, somebody receive it right now. Somebody believe God right now. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. I receive in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody begin to lift your voice. Somebody open the alabaster box tonight of praise and worship. Somebody stand on your feet tonight and begin to give God some glory. Begin to praise him and lift your voice. Somebody lift your voice tonight. Lift your voice in adoration and exaltation tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, that's said I'm telling you, church, right now. God, thank you for operation. Thank you for operating in the Holy Ghost. Uh, thank you for operation in the Spirit, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus. Uh, we release it right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, I thank you tonight. Thank you for the miracle. Thank you for the miracle. Hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and praise him when I hang up. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, God, I thank you. I thank you, God, right now. Oh, somebody sees it. Somebody see it already. Somebody grab hold to it. Somebody grab hold to it right now. Hallelujah, God, I thank you. Divine favor. Thank you for divine favor, God. Thank you for working, God, right now. In the name of Jesus. Now clap your hands. You can be seated tonight. You may be seated as a close tonight. You know, sometimes we can become overwhelmed by relationships and by marriage and by job situations and sickness and a lot of different things. Overwhelmed. Anybody ever been to band? Anybody been to band? A band, a school band. You know, if you ever been watched them warm up, it sounds crazy. When they everybody's warming up, everybody's off. So they, how can all that stuff come together? And you hear and everybody's warming up the saxophone, the trombone, and you know everybody's warming up. But soon as the conductor steps to the stage and waves his baton. 
all comes together. It's amazing how that God can take a mess that looks like a mess. But when the master stepped to the, the, sta to the, the stage and on the platform, it all comes together. And now you have beautiful music and you have harmony because now the master stepped to the podium. What we need is the master to step to the podium. He takes all the chaos, he takes all the confusion and make it beautiful music. Did you hear me tonight? Beautiful music. And I don't understand how God can take all the things in my life, all the crazy things I've done in my life, crazy, stupidity things I've done, things I've been through, the heartaches and the pain and suffering that I've been through. He works it out for my good. Some of you have been through a lot. Throughout your whole entire life, life was against you. It was really a, the odds was against you, and you you, you even should not even some of you know shouldn't even be here today, but you're here because God is for you. Look at someone and tell them God is for me. Come on, God is for me. He's for me. He's not against me. He is what for me. Say it again. He is not against me. He is for me. And you got to keep that in mind. He is for me. He want me to win. And some of you, some of you have been through a, a very challenging time in your life. I don't know anything about your life. Look at you now. The suffering, the pain, the agony. And all that you went through was to bring you to a place of where you are now. Did you hear me? To where you are now. Your faith, your belief, Everything about you now has shifted in your life. You know why? It's, it's because of what you went through. If you hadn't gone through, you wouldn't, here's the story, you wouldn't be where you are now. If you hadn't gone through what you've been through. Oh, somebody clap your hand. I'm telling you, I am in the Holy Ghost, so help me. And God takes all of that and he mixes it together. And all the confusion, all the being overwhelmed all the situation and bring it together and make great music out of it. You know, it's kind of like taking a, a soup. You know, soup is made of all the ingredients. Some leftovers. And you start throwing in the pot. Start throwing in the pot. You know, and start adding this and adding a little of that and adding a little of that. That's how God does. God adds, God is always adding to your life. He's not trying to subtract from you. He's adding. Somebody say, he's adding. He's adding things in your life. And you put a little pepper in there, you better spice it up a little bit. You put a little of this in there, to get a little kick in it. And sometimes God does it. Sometimes God put a little kick in it. And sometimes, here's the story, sometimes life throws you a curveball. To be expected. See, if everything was perfect in your life, here's the story, you wouldn't need God. You wouldn't be sitting here. Because you have everything under wraps. You have everything under control. And you wouldn't even need God. You'd be out there doing what you want to do because you don't need him. But because you need him, 
and you love him, you are here. Somebody clap your hands. Woo! Hallelujah. Don't let the mud fool you. Don't let the mud. And God can take the mud and have it wiped off. You can see again. Don't let the mud fool you. I know that man was so glad. You know what? After he he received his sight, he, he probably didn't care how much mud was on his face. He could care less about what other people thought of him. Did you, did you hear me? What other people thought of him at the time. He was once blind, but now he sees. And the man got up and testified. <laughs> hey! And he went and washed, and he said, and they said, man, he was so happy. And he said, they said, whatever. Did that sinner heal you? He said, whether he was a sinner or not. I don't care who. I was once blind, but now I what? See. Here's the story. You cannot have a testimony without going through. See, sometimes we look at people and we say, man, how do they get to where they are? How do they get there? How do they, how do they get there? You don't get there without paying a price. No, we want to take the, we want to travel the road of least resistance, don't we? We're like water. Water travel the path of what? Least resistance. And sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes it's, it's heartache, sometimes it's pain, sometimes you, sometimes you cry at night. Then you put your head on the pillow and you say, God help me. Sometimes you say, God. I don't know why my son is not saved. My daughter is not saved. God, I don't understand why. I don't understand. God, help me. And there's something we don't. And there's some questions that we. Here's the story that we may not never have answers for. But we do know this that God's on top of everything. So I say everything in my life. Stand with me tonight. Oh, God, you are so merciful. God, you're so wonderful. You're so gracious. You're so kind. God, you have carried us through. You've walked us through the very difficult times in our lives. We didn't know when or how we were going to make it over. When my father forsake me, when my mother forsake me, when God, when others abandoned me, when I felt all alone by myself, God, you were there walk me through when I feel like I couldn't go any further I feel like I couldn't go any further Lord you, you, you took me and you walked me through the valley you took me by the hand and you led me through you didn't choose to bring deliverance in a moment of time but God you walked me through it one step at a time and maybe what God is speaking in your heart this morning maybe all the mess, all the turmoil over being overwhelmed. God's going to take all of that and create beautiful music out of it. Will you lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord right now? Come on. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is moving right now, church. The Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy Ghost is moving.
Yes, Lord. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. The word of wisdom is an operation. The word of wisdom is an operation. The word of knowledge is an operation right now. The word of knowledge is an operation. God just spoke to your heart. You've been very weary in your spirit. You've been very weary in your heart. God, come to tell you, I'm with you all the way. I'm walking with you. God has chosen to take you by the hand and walk you through. He decided to take you by the hand and bring you out of it. Bring you out of the fire. God, bring me out. God's going to bring you through the fire. He's going to bring you through the fire. He's going to, you hear me? He's going to bring you through the fire. You've heard it before. He's going to bring you through the fire. He's going to bring you through the fire. And you won't get burnt. You won't smell like smoke at the end of the day. You won't smell like smoke. God's going to bring you through the fire. Come on, the three Hebrew boys. God's going to bring you through. I thank you, Lord, right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Listen, church. I want you to make your way at this altar. I want you to come right now. I want you to make this way. Just make your way at this altar. Everybody that can. I want you to make your way. I want you to come and stand at this altar. Make room for everybody. Let's make room for everybody this today. That's it. Come on. Don't let the mud fool you. Don't let the mud fool you. Don't let the mud fool you. God may anoint your eyes, but don't let the mud fool you. Come on, make your way. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. I want to have special prayer tonight. Special prayer of the Holy Ghost. been challenging some of you have been very challenged lately with the fire with the sickness you've been challenged and we can allow the spirit of weariness to get a hold to us if we allow it to it'll, 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 grip, it'll grip you you become faint in your spirit but great is he that's in me than he that's in the world God has come to God has come to refresh us tonight, to replenish us in our spirit. When you begin to worship Him at this altar right now, when you begin to worship Him at this altar, begin to lift it. Come on, that's it. When you begin to worship, let the Lord refresh your spirit. I say, let God refresh you. That's why you get this altar tonight. God, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 God, I thank you. 
I will not let the mud fool me. I will not let the mud fool me. God, I'm going to walk through the fire. And I will not smell like smoke. I will not be burnt. And God, I thank you, Lord, right now. God, let in the fire burn off all the ropes. All the things that hinder me. That binds me. Let it burn up, God, in the name of Jesus. But I will not smell like smoke. I will not be harmed, God. I will not be harmed by the fire. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fresh fire. God, let a fresh wind blow. Let a fresh wind. Let a fresh wind. Let a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost. A fresh wind blow, God. Let a north wind blow tonight. That renews us and strengthens us tonight, God. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I will not smell like smoke, God. I thank you. I thank you for making sweet music. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, right now. I thank you, Lord, for refreshing. Thank you for the refreshing of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's it. Somebody grab a hold to God tonight. Grab a hold to God tonight. I'm letting, I won't let him go. I won't let him go tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Will you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? You know, God. Hallelujah. Let me have your attention for a moment. I really feel the Lord spoke to us tonight. Anybody feel the Lord spoke to you tonight? The Lord said, you're going to walk through the fire, but you won't smell like smoke. He said, you're going to walk through the fire, you won't be harmed. And everything that binds you will be burned up in the fire. Oh, somebody clap your hands for that today.
The scripture says that everything in the fire were the Hebrew boys that found themselves in a furnace. And when the king threw them in, the Bible says that the Lord was with them. Somebody said the Lord was with them. The Lord was with them. And so a fourth man in the fire. Come to tell you tonight, there's a fourth man in the fire with you tonight. There's a fourth man in the fire. And the Bible says when they, here's the story, when they, when the Hebrew boys came out of the fire, the fire, only, only thing, the only thing the fire did was to burn off all the things that had them bound. It burned up in the fire. What a great testimony. And sometimes God does things. And sometimes when we find ourselves go through, we find ourselves on the other side. And But at the end of the day, it strengthened us more than it hindered us. Let faith arise in this house. I said, let faith arise in this house. You know, sometimes it seems like when it rains, it pours. We had to learn our faith was not in man, but our faith was in the Lord. He made all heaven and earth is His. We're going to continue to pray. Somebody said we're going to continue to pray and believe the Lord. Praise God! Anybody want to believe the Lord? I want to believe the Lord tonight. Amen. God bless you. Go back to your seats tonight as I close out tonight. Turn over to the leader tonight. Thank you for allowing us to come, Sister Terry. Amen. Precious Terry, I want you to come and say something, but then I want you to come. I know you don't want to come, but you need to come. This <laughs> is Terry a hand. I appreciate her. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It's so good to be with you. Amen. I, um, this evening and um, praise God. God is just so good. And um, I thank God for allowing us to come just to share with you tonight. I just feel God's presence in this place today. And I'm so thankful that God is able to do, amen, everything. He said that 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 he promised, he's also able to perform it. And I'm grateful tonight, amen, to know that you're sitting in an incubator right now. Amen. And God is going to birth something great. In Jeremiah 33 and 3, he says, you call unto me. He was talking to Israel. He said, and I will answer. He said, I will show you, amen, things that you know not of. And I thank God because behold, this day, for this church, for this body, for this people, God is doing a new thing. And we have to open our eyes and see what he is doing. It's beyond what we can see in the natural. But it takes what happens in the natural, amen, for God to be able to pick up, amen, and do the supernatural in our lives. And I just want you all to know tonight that we love you, amen, and we're so glad to be with you this evening. Amen. And just to share in what God is doing. And he is doing great things. And we love Pastor and Sister Neil. Amen. They are constantly in our prayers. We're fasting and praying for them. 
They're our friends, and we love them so much. We love them so much. And we know that there is, God is using them. This is just another chapter in the legacy that they're leaving, amen, through their lives and through what God is doing, amen, with them in their lives. And we love them. We love this church. And thank you so much for having us. Praise the Lord. Stand and give the Lord a hand clap. God, we love you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's stand and give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.